Hey, it's Naughty. And I'm the Teach, and welcome to Naughty and the Teach. Hello, hello. It is our first episode of 2022. <laughs> that was not me this time, that was the Teach, so there we go. <laughs> um, we're progressing. Uh, so uh, to start this new year off right, first week, we are your thankful black hotties because you know we made it to a new year uh you know it's still a pandemic but um you know at least we're not like quarantining right now you know that was hard for people we made it to new year you know still healthy still happy still living still happy still doing it but because of the pandemic that's been out it's kind of pushed back our plans a little bit but we have a nice sweet oh, yes. shortened episode for you that we are definitely going to um, be talking about and we're bonus. very excited cute little bonus cute Sorry. little bonus episode but we, we didn't want to leave you without something to start the new year off with if you have been listening to us we thank you we appreciate you and we're excited to share this sh- short little episode you are a major key for being here with us. You are our 100% our motivation of why we continue to do this. So thank you for that. And we don't even know you. <laughs> Look at the thankfulness that we are as thankful, <laughs> thankful black, hotties. black hotties. Right off the we bat, are we are showing our showing thankfulness. Love to you, yes. our listeners. <laughs> for real. So um, for this bonus or shortened episode, we are going to be talking about the workplace. And when I say the workplace, I mean it in a very, very unique sense. We're going to be looking at three different unique situations around the workplace. We're going to be looking at Antonio Brown and that situation that had occurred very, very recently. (laughs) Outside looking in, it looks really, really sad, really hilarious, really silly. Yeah, that's what... To me, I was like, you just taking off your jersey and walking away? What's going on? We're going to get in-depth with that a little bit. We're going to be talking about Tammy Roman... Uh, and the conversation that she had to have, and if you haven't seen it, and if it if it's gone viral, it encapsulated a lot of what a lot of us are feeling when we have to have these type of conversations, but we're going to get into that as well, and we're going to talk about a real-world work experience that involved Naughty. Yes. You know, it's hard getting a new job, and um, I don't know how people do it. I work for the city, and... The interview process for things outside of the city is like, it's wild out here. Yeah, it's wild out here in general. Because <laughs> my city job, they were like, you went to high school? Can you can you read? Can you write in English? Great. Great. You have the job. <laughs> You're now. hired. That was it. You know, so, and it was like, mm, do you know somebody who's a, uh, a principal? Yeah, you do? That's it. Just that easy. Solidified. <laughs> we're, we're simplifying it a bit. No, but. <laughs> no, no. That's 100% facts. That's literally everything I had to do to get hired. Well, All I had to do. Easy. Super easy. He, he, you should see uh, teacher's face because he's like, it could not have been that easy. It was that easy. Well, it know, was. For some, they got it that easy, you know? <laughs> no, that's that was it. That's for everybody. Oh, That's oh. for everybody. All right. <laughs> In, in, there in my we go. position, yes, that's for everybody. So let's uh, look at Antonio Brown. So for those of you who may not be listening, Antonio Brown was 
a wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He played in the American Football League, known as the NFL, which stands for the National Football League. Mm-hmm. I know people are like, why is he breaking it down like that? We have international listeners, y'all. Because we fucking popping, y'all. We have international listeners, and we want to make sure that they understand exactly what we're talking about. Mm. So if you haven't, as somebody who lives in the United States, or if you're an international listener, if you have not Googled and seen the spectacle that we're about to discuss for Antonio Brown, please make sure that you Google it to give you some context of why he is popping in this segment that we are having a discussion about. Yes, because he popped off his damn self. So as an athlete, uh, American football player for the National Football League, he has had quite the past couple of years. I want to just give you a quick, quick rundown about Antonio Brown and what led us into this situation. Now, Antonio Brown, we're focusing on at this very moment, but he is not unique in this sense when we talk about American football players. He's the Ocho Cinco of the Buccaneers, right? Uh, Ocho Cinco is an original. <laughs> There'll never be another Ocho no, no, Cinco. No, I mean, I mean, same position. Yes, he plays wide receiver, yes. Okay, and the Terrell see? Owens... You see, so if you follow football like I follow football, where it's the cuties who have turned out to unfortunately be abusers, that, you know, they're the same, same well, position. we're going to get into that when we talk about Antonio Brown. So I'm going to just start and give you a little bit of a timeline of Antonio Brown since December of 2018. Now, I'm not going to go into all of the major things. I'm going to just talk about some of the very important ones. So in December 2018... He was deactivated from his former team, which was the Pittsburgh Steelers, on the last game of the season after reportedly throwing a ball at a teammate in practice. That's just unsportsmanlike. Yeah, it's unsportsmanlike. But, you know, when you talk about uh, that means they just he wasn't going to play in the game, the final game of that season. Um, When we look at that, that seems very minor. You know, when we talk about American football players, if you see an American football player, they are. What would a lot of people who are uncultured (laughs) would say they look like big steroid monsters and that with that steroid monster comes steroid attitude. Yeah. (laughs) Steroid reactions. So you're like, "Mm, is it that big of a deal? But um, because it's the team aspect, you know, you know, that caused him to uh, no friendly. So basically he did actions that made him not play for his former team anymore. So he was traded in March 2019 to the Raiders, uh, which was the Oakland Raiders. Um, <laughs> he he had a good couple of months, but when training camp came around, he was placed on the non-football injury list because, and I just want to state that this was July 2019, July. In the United States, it is a summer month. <laughs> in the summer, he contracted frostbite on his feet. And that was because of, I want to say, I guess, faulty cryotherapy. That's hella fucked up. I. Walt Disney is. <laughs> Walt Disney is frostbite all over. That's it. It's a wrap for him. <laughs> There's no way he's coming back. So um, new team hasn't played a game placed on the football injury list. He could not attend um, training camp with his new team because of helmet grievances. Um, the NFL changed the helmet policy, um, the helmets that they wear as protective gear. And I don't know the exact specifics, but he wanted to use the old helmet 
And because of that, he refused. And, you know, they were like, this is the new helmet. You play in this, you play in this helmet or you don't. He didn't want to play in the helmet. Um, so after that, he was released by the Oakland Raiders, meaning they dropped him from the team after he made an Instagram post asking for his release. They were like, all right, if this is what you want, this, this is, like, is what you get. You're not going to embarrass me. Not too far after that, he signed with Tom Brady of the New England Patriots for $15 million, which is great. The very next player? day. Huh? Even for a football player? Yes. Tom Brady? No, no, no. The $15 million. $15 million for one year? Oh, okay. I mean, listen. <laughs> I mean, I maybe not for a football player. I don't know if fifteen million is great, but for everybody the teach, else. for everybody, you else give me great. fifteen million for one year. I am going to be extremely grateful. But you know, circumstances are different. Things are different. It all depends on what you want me to do. The very next day in September, his ex-trainer accused him of sexual assault. Not only that. Uh, A publication called Sports Illustrated reported a second instance of sexual misconduct, which then promptly led to his release by the New England Patriots. He laid low for a little bit, and then he was charged with felony burglary and battery and two misdemeanors for incidents with a moving truck company. He pled no contest, and he received no jail, jail time, which is good. He was then retroactively suspended eight games for multiple violations of the NFL personal conduct policy. But meaning, he has no team. Well, yeah, but he they were saying, like, hey, whichever team signs you, you're g- he's going to have to serve this. And that was based off the sexual uh, assault um, allegations, the felony burglary charges, etc. Um, the New England, I'm sorry, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers gave him a chance, signed him for a year contract in October of 2020. Wait. I'm sorry, time out. Not the NFL holding the players accountable for their actions. We are definitely going to talk about the NFL when we talk about this story. Because there's no way we can talk about um, any specific NFL player and their misconduct without talking about the NFL as an entity Because, like, the owners, and they don't get the, they don't have fines and shit to pay? There was a situation with the, and it's interesting that um, the New England Patriots signed Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, by the way, and I did mention this, amazing wide receiver. Was considered for years, especially when he was on the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the best and top wide receivers in the league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because of the football throwing incident at a teammate and I guess personnel get not getting along with his teammates. And in that situation, he they released him. Mm-hmm. Got it. He was probably There's a lot of argument that they chose another player, which was another person who was charged. I'm sorry, was accused of sexual assault in Ben Roethlisberger, who was the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. There's a lot of reports that they didn't get along. Pittsburgh had to choose somebody. They went with Ben Roethlisberger over uh, Antonio Brown. Um, So that led them to releasing him. He went to the Raiders, got cut for various different things, even before he played a game. Signed with New England, whose owner was getting handies or getting, uh, not handies, but getting happy endings at a shady massage parlor in Florida. Wait, I'm sorry. So they don't get like misconduct? 
No, I, no? I don't remember what the penalty is for um, Robert Kraft, who was the who is the current NFL owner for the NFL football team, the New England Patriots. But even they fought, found that Tom, um, Antonio Brown's misconduct or or sexual assault allegations were too much. They let him go. Signed with the Buccaneers and reunited with Tom Brady. Played in the Super Bowl, this previous Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl, so he has a championship ring. Resigned with the Buccaneers. Now, we are in 2021. He was suspended earlier in December of 2021 because he violated the NFL COVID protocols. And what did he do exactly? Well, Antonio Brown was among three other players mm. who got fake vaccine cards and was using these fake vaccine cards in order to pass as they got the vaccine, which is just sinister in itself. Now, the interesting part of that story is he allegedly, I just have to throw allegedly in there, Gotta I'm sorry. Gotta sprinkle it every time. Allegedly, allegedly. He allegedly stated that, I'm sorry, it allegedly came to light because he didn't pay, I don't remember, somebody who did some services for him. And because he didn't pay them, this person was like, oh, yeah, you ain't going to give me my money? Yo, he, yo, yo, he got fake vaccine cards. <laughs> Check it out. I'll show you who sold it to him and everything. Like, I mean, they, he probably got he more wanted money. his money. Yeah. Don't fuck with people money, they say. For don't real, fuck real. with people money. This is it. But he also has a history of not paying chefs, not paying people who has work and has done work for him. So this is not something that is not as this is the first time this alleged That's, incident has. He's came a horrible up. person. That's why he's always getting cut. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Horrible. So here's just the facts without anything else. They played the New York Jets on January 2nd of 2022. They were losing the game to the New York Jets. And I know some of you are like, word? Yes, they were losing to the New York Jets, who is not a good football team, who had, they're just not a good football team, but they were losing. The reigning Super Bowl champions were losing to the New York Jets. I guarantee you frustrations were high. I guarantee you that people were feeling all types of ways. There was shell shock. There was disappointment. There was, how did we get in this position? All we, and this is just the facts, from what we see as spectators, there was a sideline altercation. Antonio Brown was, you know, being comforted and talked to by one of his teammates, didn't want to listen to his teammate, took off his equipment, took off some of the gear, threw it into the stands, was completely shirtless, you know, waved the crowd on, getting their attention as he exited the game and the stadium in the middle of the game. The game was still going on. They were down 24 to 10. This sideline altercation happened. He just took off all his stuff. It was a big spectacle. It was on SportsCenter. It was on the news. It was all over the internet. And if you haven't seen it, you should definitely Google it. So just from the optics of it, the look of it, it looks like he just had a mental meltdown. Left the field, threw all of his stuff, shirtless. Uh, it's January. This was a game in New York. It is cold as shit up here. It was cold as fuck. As we say in New York, it was brick as hell. It was brick. 
then, um, you know, the coach immediately said, uh, Antonio Brown is no longer a Buccaneer, which is, means he's no longer on this football team. And then Antonio Brown released his statement. And his statement refutes a lot of what they say. It's He said that they tried to make him play through an ankle injury, which is why he abruptly left the game. Now, this is where it gets a little bit nuanced and it, more interesting, in a sense. So... Everybody is left with... Oh, and he also dropped a rap single or previewed a rap single immediately after. Oh, uh, that's gangsta. So, I he guess... Says, fuck y'all. I'm starting my new career. That's it. So, he released a statement late Wednesday um, night, um, which was January 5th? Yeah. Very recently. And he said, and I quote, and this is important. So I'm going to just read a part of it. Because of my commitment to the game, I relented to pressures directly from my coach to play injured. Despite the pain, I suited up. The staff injected me with what I now know was a powerful and sometimes dangerous painkiller that the NFL Players Association has warned us warned against using. And I gave it my all for the team. I played until it was clear that I could not use my ankle to safely perform my playing responsibilities. On top of that, the pain was extreme. I took a seat on the sideline and my coach came up to me, very upset and shouted, What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I told him it's my ankle, but he, but he knew that. It was well documented and we had discussed it. He then ordered me to get on the field. I said, Coach, I can't. He didn't call for medical attention. Instead, he shouted at me, you're done, while he ran his fingers across his throat. Coach was telling me that if I didn't play hurt, then I was done with the Buccaneers. I didn't quit. I was cut. I didn't walk away from my brothers. I was thrown out. Being fired on the sideline for having a painful injury was bad enough. Then came their spin. Coach denied on national television that he knew about my ankle. That's 100% inaccurate. Not only did he know I missed several games with the injury, he and I exchanged texts before the game where he clearly acknowledged my injury. He obviously knew I was on the injured list. And the GM acknowledged after the game in text messages to my camp that I did tell Coach about my ankle pain on Sunday. End quote. So this is what he his statement says. Now, this is very important because any athlete, there is an expectation of you to play hurt. But in that expectation, we're not taking into account the health, safety, and well-being of the athletes as they play hurt. So especially in the NFL, which we know has high rates of CTE, high rates of players not being able to live happy, healthy, safe, and successful lives after their playing career is over. This is an example of somebody who's saying, hey, I'm injured, I can't really go out there, and the pressure of the game, the money, the expectations, all of those play a role in players making this choice. We also have to understand while we call them players, they, they are, are NFL players and they're people, but they're also employers, employees, excuse me, employees of the teams that they play for. 
So if they give them some rules, some guidelines, some marching orders that they have to follow, nine times out of ten they have to follow them or they're getting fired. Now, when we look at it under that perspective, we can see what the coach was trying to do. But we also take out the humanity away from them and their autonomy of saying, hey, I can't successfully do this job with my injury. I I do think, though, that there has been a shift with athletes, like saying, like you see with Simone Biles, like um, mm -hmm. talking about like it, it'll be like for her it was her mental health. But uh, you see a lot of athletes, they're not pushing their bodies um, as far as athletes in the past have. Like Jordan had the flu game. Um, it, I always get it wrong. Isaiah, no, 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 Isaiah Thomas, because I always be calling him Washington, but that's Grey's Anatomy. Isaiah Thomas had the had a broken ankle. <laughs> very different humans. Yes, very different. They just both find black men. That's their only connection that I know. Isaiah Thomas was also accused of sexual assault. What the Alleged. fuck, yo? I'm accused. telling you, I'm telling you, every black man, I, it's it's me, it's a me not, thing. Not it's me. the teach. Yeah, not the teach. Um, but. But Isaiah Thomas, he played in a playoff game with a broken ankle or a sprained ankle. He played throughout the whole game where he was limping and people idolized him for that, you know. And I think that athletes are saying, like, you know, like, um, like my body is my job. So I have to not only protect my body, I have to protect my job. I have to protect the longevity of which I can play and, and be good for you, you know. And I do think that you know, with the coaches still being older and of that you know mentality of like you know you work through the pain you work through the pain it's a, a, a major disconnect and for a lot of the organizations you play hurt or not yes the fans pay pay their money to see the players play and that mm -hmm. is true nobody goes oh wow i like this mascot i like this organization i'm going to uh play and watch this team no they come to see the players play so when the players play yes the fans miss out but we're still missing out on the fact that these human beings have to take care of themselves their well-beings so that way they can continue to play at a high level yeah and even though they're making millions of dollars a lot of them are still living check to check so they gotta make that next game because they get a lot of players from what i understand get played per game at least for football. In Antonio Brown's situation, I don't think he's check to check, but the way no, he's not playing seems, people, no. <laughs> the way he's not paying the people doing work for him, I don't know. I, I yeah. don't know. Uh, no, obviously, like he, it seems like because he's getting these, um, these year contracts, he might be getting, I don't know if he's getting paid monthly. I don't know how the paycheck is being distributed because it could still be you're getting 15 million for the year but you, every check you get is after a game yeah it's, where a it's game cut up, you yeah. know so like you, if you have all these bills you know you trying to not pay people save money that way you know you got all this shit you know he's like i can't risk my body but i don't know so if you look at his actions on the field, admittedly, that shit is hilarious. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had a good chuckle out of it. Because you're like, you're naked? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, I'm like, what? what? First, I was, it's like I just, watching... when I first saw it, I was like, what, what the shit is happening? What, What is this? You're older. Did it remind you of like Miami in the 90s? Miami in the 90s? With like Michael Vick when they used to dance in the in the. On like zone? the yachts and stuff. No, oh yeah, the end zone. when they oh the dirty bird. Oh no, yeah. that was before Michael Vick. But yes, but no, <laughs> this was different because <laughs> he just was like, yeah, he's running off the. I thought maybe he hurt himself because it was just. Because you're like, why are you why are you doing this? 
And there was no real also, talk I, about it. I feel like, you know, there's always, always a camera. Oh, you, you always wait for thing. the camera phone. That's what no, I no, wait no, for, the no, camera no. phone It's not footage. even just a camera phone. There's always the ESPN, the whatever. The cameras are always there. So I feel like some camera would have got him being yelled at by the coach. And that would have been, even if they had no sound, even if they had no true, sound, true, they would have caught something because uh, not, not to be not to show off how popping I am. I've been to a Jets game at the, the um, that's at not popping at all. No, no, at the <laughs> at the 42 yard line when they were playing the Giants for the. Oh, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. At you know, uh, the 50 yard line, where the fuck it is. And um, first of all, like you're you're there. Like it's almost like you can feel the heat of the players, and there's cameras. There's a whole bunch of cameras at every single point. There's cameras um, that are attached to the stands. There's cameras, camera people going back and forth. So like somebody should have seen it. And there's also like bench riders on the football teams that would have had their phones out. Yeah. Like come on now. I also want to say that every footage I have seen so far today. Up until the taping of this podcast, which is um, it only takes place. It only takes place after Antonio Brown. It doesn't show the coach, the interactions. Mm -hmm. The earliest I've seen is when he's being, um, you know, talked to by one of his teammates. And then he has the uh, the outburst is what we'll see. I think to me, the funniest shit about the whole thing is there's photos of him outside the stadium (laughs) with his bag. And it looks like he's waiting for an Uber. No, nah, not an Uber. You gotta. No, he couldn't you, get on team bus. He couldn't fly on the team plane or nothing. First of all, if I knew I was gonna do that, I'd have said Uber fifteen minutes, and then I would have did that shit and dipped. Or I would. So he can meet his Uber outside. Yes. Or or I would have walked fast as hell to a bus. I would have been like, I'm dipping. I'm going. I would have had to get out of the vicinity real quick. You're bugging. It, You're it was, bugging staying there. I don't remember. It just he just looks like he's waiting for a ride. It is it's a funny photo. But like I wanted to talk about their reaction. And this is just a teach and one of the things uh we have been stressing especially in 2021 was working on your shit. Doing what you can so that way you can handle situations when they arise in any ways that will make you have a successful outcome. When I was watching this, and now that I get a little bit of a backstory of hearing his side and hearing that he was injured and we can't, you know, refute it and anything. His teammates, not one of his teammates, by the way, has came out and said anything negative except for I hope he gets happiness, support. Yeah. Whatever he might need. And we did look up the text messages. He did post them where he has a picture of his ankle being stretched or he's like, he, it's obviously he's in PT and um, it says that it's to and from. the. And he's um, talking to the coach. Yeah. So he did talk to the coach the, the earliest coach as of Friday from this game that they played on Sunday. So he has was in communication through the text messages and the way they acknowledged each other. The coach was aware of his ankle injury. Yes, and he said that oh, that they would talk about the ankle. But the way that we, the viewer, mm-hmm. the consumer, and the internet is, we're tearing Antonio apart like a, some spoiled athlete who threw a fit. And optically, yes, he did throw. He had a moment. He had yeah. a tantrum type moment of somebody who would quit. A job, and they would like, yo. Everybody has that fantasy of what they would do when they quit. First of all, sometimes, sometimes, them fucking jobs deserve it. 
okay? And I'm going to call a spade a spade. Some jobs deserve for you to walk out like that. And, you know, I've had people who I've worked with been like, yo, I'm sorry, but I need to leave right now and apologize to the to the team. And you're like, you're pissed that they're leaving, but you're like, but I completely get it because this is some bullshit. Like, you, so I get it. We're, I, I worked at Starbucks, and I've had people leave the floor mid-shift. I've, I've seen it, you know. I, listen, I put, in, I put in my two weeks, and I crossed out every single shift I had scheduled, and I texted it out to everybody. And I was like, fuck you, fuck this job. Like, to the manager, I was like, fuck you, fuck your life. And, you know, you keep it pushing. Some jobs and some people deserve that. I don't know about this situation because it seems I'm gonna very, talk about this. very nuanced because, yes, he was hurt, but it's also, like, part of his job is his body. And even though he showed us a text message, he could have sent that to anybody, anybody yeah. and changed the name. So we don't necessarily know. Well, I th- I'm going to talk about, as, as Nordy would call me, therapist poppy. <laughs> I'm going to talk about what I see. And it looked like he reacted how a hurt individual would. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is when people get hurt in a situation, they try to upstage. They try to act in a way that makes it look like this is unbothering to them. And the way that he did it on the sideline where he pulled off all his gear, threw his stuff into the crowd, and then like hyped up the crowd as to he was exiting, it looked like he was just trying to say, like, yo, I don't give a fuck. Um, to me, that seems very bothered only because every, I feel like we every— You can see that it's bothered, every, but can he recognize that he was bothered at that point? I think he could—I just feel like he knew that he was—I think he had the intent of, like, he's leaving the league, and I think he already had the, the backstory to say, like, you know, I, maybe he won't get fined for walking off. But you know, like, you, you know every piece of equipment— is a fine him getting the fans to look at him because that's considered showboating. So all of that is going to be a hefty, hefty fine. So I feel like he's banking on the fact that he's going to get paid through the season. Yeah. You know, so that he can just pay off. I mean, the season's pretty much over. There's one more game after. No, but he's, he's expecting the entire 15 mil. Well, that was a couple of years ago. I don't know what he got for this year. We'll look no, it but up. He, we'll but uh, either way, I feel like he's thinking that he's expecting his enti- the, the the yearly, the whole yearly he sum. He was supposed to get a you uh, know, and a bonus based on his performance, and he needed to do a couple more things. This game and the I'm that, sorry, the game against the Jets and the next game. That's what I read. That like he was supposed to get like a, a it was it was a certain incentive that he had to get, and then he was informed by another player that he like. I don't know if it was Tom Brady because they didn't say who told him, but that the coaches told told um told that player not to pass him the ball so that he couldn't get that incentive. Ooh, that so is, and if that's, that's the where case, the conspiracy theories come in. No, no, and, but if that was the that was what I that was the story that I. This read. is not the first time that has been no, said though. No, this is the story through many that, many players even before this no, situation. I that's the story I read on Monday the third. So that was like right after. So like I don't like I don't you know. So many things could be true, but if that's the case, I might have done the same thing. Like you trying to stop me from making this extra money? Fuck you! Fuck your life! Fuck this jersey! Fuck the helmet that I d- that he didn't even want to wear because he <laughs> he said that he ain't like him. Okay, yeah. fuck the shoulder pads! Fuck everything! You know. When we look at this situation, when we see the way they acted on the field, this is what when people get hurt, this is one of the ways they can lash out. Uh, yeah. The way that his reaction, but. 
as a human being, you have to take into account that this man was just told he can't do something that he loves. If his account is correct, uh, the coach told him he was done and did the throat slicing motion, which is a lot. That's very aggressive. That's a lot. That's very aggressive. <laughs> and they told him you're done. He probably took it as I right, fuck it. it um, I'm hurt. I just can't show it. All these cameras are here. Yeah. Let me do this wild outburst, this silly stunt, this what is perceived as a temper tantrum. And it, it also potentially could have been really scary because this is a white coach to a black man. And it's like he already has a authority over him in so many ways. And this like killing gesture is I, to, at, at least to me would feel jarring, yeah. you know, and I'm not in that kind of position. Um, but if we just focus on that situation, we're not focusing on the complete story. I mean, if we, we have to focus on all of the things, bad things happen to good people, but also bad things happen to bad people as well. By all <laughs> accounts, Antonio Brown is not a good person. Yeah, no. By all accounts, Antonio Brown is not a good person. At least, at least from what we know, he seems like, you know, stingy with the money. Oh, definitely. But he also might be a person who commits sexual assault. Yes, which and, is and it's, and, seems and par it, for the cause and for the attacked national people football because league. he pled no contest, so that means that he agreed with what happened. Um, so yeah. you know, you know, I'm sure he does some nice things for somebody out there, but just from Allegedly. what we know, <laughs> possibly a horrible person. Yes, we know. Horrible. so bad things happen. He may have been wronged here based on what he's alleging, and. The question really becomes, will we listen? Will we listen to what happens to players? Now, I just want to say a lot of what he said we have heard um, and uh, ex-NFL players have said they want us to play hurt. They don't really care about us. They drug us up with these painkillers mm -hmm. for us to perform, to do this, to do that. Um, there's been many, many. I don't know if I've ever heard of anybody being literally cut on the sideline during an actual NFL game. It may have happened, but I have never heard of it. But I do know that players get cut for whatever reason. But Organizations. No, but you have, but you have, because um, that, that I, I know, maybe not necessarily for football, but I do know that, like, p people, like, you know, the, the players will get, like, screwed up for a game, and they'll be like, oh, no, you're going here. Like, yeah. that's a, that's oh, a they, form. Oh, they get traded. But no, yeah, you yeah. know, but that, that's a, that's a form of getting cut from the team. Yeah, that's just a like we don't want you. But I do want to say this. Um, and we got to talk about the whole entity of the NFL. The NFL, by all accounts, have not been the model franchise. Yes, mm -mm. we want them to perform and to have great games. Football is an amazing sport. I played football for a lot of American football. Excuse me. I played American football. We have international listeners, y'all. We're just trying to make sure. We're being inclusive. Um, I played American football for a lot of years of my life, and it is great. There is extreme tolls on your body, though. I played rugby. If you, there's extreme tolls listeners. on your body, and the NFL knows what its product is. Yeah, they know that their product are really the players, and without the players on the field, there is no um, NFL on the level and the money that it makes and everything. It has become like a, a organization, yes, but it also become like this. Sacrament, sacrament. I don't know what I'm trying to say exactly, but it's like no. this really huge entity that is like religious type. No, because I, I feel like, um, you know, for uh, when you get to the culture of a region, 
you know, the sports teams are very important to those region of people. And yes, of course, people from different areas can like a team from a different city or a different state. That's true. But, you know, generally speaking, you know, the the teams become a part of the culture. And, you know, like you're saying, like, you know, um, with like. It can, it's almost religious because sports teams can be so ingrained in the culture. Even if you're a person who doesn't follow them, you will at least you'll probably know the the team of your city. And when they're winning, you know, your city, your state, you know, you feel like you're up and you're thriving. Like I've never I've been to one or two Yankee games. I've been to multiple parades. You know, like that kind of thing. Um, even like with my school, we went to the parade. So it's it's a part of the culture and it gets so ingrained in you. It be it becomes a part of your life, which is why people feel so strongly about it. And then as um, to what you were saying about like football being an organization that um, where the product is bodies, it even more than just like, yes, the product is bodies. But then you it's almost like um, like the 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 success and the employment of the of the people who are employed by it is dependent on their bodies and there and already right there is a disconnect because if the product is the bodies and the people who are um who are creating that product are the bodies there's always going to be a disconnect because um one needs because the organization needs those bodies but those bodies will always be coming and but the people who like but you still want the best of the best and it's like how how far how far can you push your body before it's too much at one game or throughout your life because with CTE you see a lot of football players they kill themselves because of the pain that it causes and or they even if they don't kill themselves you know you see a lot of players they become they're homeless you know they they cannot help they cannot help themselves you know um like to to be able to live um like satisfactory satisfactory or like functional lives you know so it's a big thing and then when you get to like people of color now you're like you have a lot of white ownership taking like that are in control of black bodies you know and that in itself is another conversation it's a and in this case it's antonio brown who is black so it there's a lot of things that are happening all in this conversation, you know? To, to bring this somewhat to a close, to talk about the NFL, the NFL has not been the model organization. Um, it condones a lot of shitty behavior by its players, its primary moneymakers, mm-hmm. um, full of abuse all, in all ways, assaults in all ways. Um, I think there were just something in the news about how somebody was... Uh, we had the player from the Las Vegas Raiders earlier this year killed somebody by driving over 100 miles per hour, possibly under the influence of something. Or there was Aaron something Hernandez. very recently. He has a documentary on Netflix. Oh, yeah, Aaron Hernandez. Oh, I forgot about that. But they condone a lot of shitty behavior. One thing I do want to say is AB is getting all of this flack. And you know one who's somebody else who kind of deserves flack, maybe not on the same level, but he definitely deserves flack, especially around the vaccination. Tell us. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a big baby. He is. I, I don't know what else to say. Great quarterback. Yes. Big baby. He was just criticized recently um, by a sports writer who said that he wouldn't vote for Aaron Rodgers um, to be uh, MVP because he is, you know, not a good person. And then Aaron Rodgers just went on and just went on a tangent calling him a bum. 
Aaron Rodgers also lied about getting the vaccine. In fact, he said he was immunized when they asked him if he got the vaccine. I don't know what that means. But normally when somebody goes, hey, did you do something? You would say yes. or You would say no. Nope. He found a way around it. People were okay with it until he got COVID. And then they were like, oh, he can't take criticism. But he's he an is ugly getting player. A so some of y'all may not know him. Oh, no. He was on Jeopardy. He was the celebrity host for Jeopardy for a while. He had a very uh, upward trajectory until mm. he, they found out he lied about. He's Amazing. also uh, engaged He's to, uh, what's that one? Uh, sh- I'm going to look at it right now. The and actress. Um, nobody's going to look that up. But he is nah, getting a pass. No, you lying. Yes, he's with her. Not Shailene Woodley. Shailene Woodley, that's from, her name. From um, uh, Secret, Life, Secret Life of an American Teenager. I know you fucking yes. like, girl, you is too pretty for him. Well, she's with Aaron Rodgers with Olivia Munn, and Olivia Munn is a beautiful woman. She's also too pretty for him. Uh, she, But Olivia Munn's now with John Mulaney. Mulaney? Who's oh. a funny-ass motherfucker? That's why they're together. Oh, uh, the comedy. They're funny together. But Aaron Rodgers? Anyway, Mm-mm. so um, Aaron Rodgers for a while was, was like, looked at as like this model idol guy but he's getting a pass and he can't take criticism he's holding the green bay packers organization hostage yes i said it he's holding them hostage and a lot about being immunized i'm sorry getting the vaccine because he was immunized and whatever that means in his expressions he consulted with joe rogan I don't know who is not what, a medical professional. I just don't know what Joe Rogan's credentials so are. So he said but he, he was immunized. Like immunized. No, no, he was immunized. Instead, when they asked him if he got the vaccine, he said he was immunized. But he is getting a complete pass while everybody is dumping on AB. Yes, um, AB Antonio Brown deserves that for the temper tantrum. But we also have to look at what possibly could be the catalyst for it. Every other behavior for Antonio Brown. He, yes. by all accounts, seems to be a terrible fucking person. But we need to think about this incident in itself, you know? And I get that. I, I do want to say this, and I'm going to say this out loud, and I'm going to say this early. Okay. I have a feeling that Aaron Rodgers, when his playing career is over, he is going to either be in some form of conservative Fox News-ish type position where he's rallying around people who believes in other types of things, or he's going to have a cult. I I see him as Senator Senator Rogers. I could see that. Yeah. Shit. People will vote for him. Yeah. And God and, damn and there's it. gonna be Look, Dr. Oz is running for Senate. Yeah, and um Fucking Doc Mehmet Oz. Yeah, no. Fuck him too. I you, you know, that man you actually no for real for real, Doctor Oz, if you ever hear this, fuck you, because you had an episode <laughs> where you had people you go, come on your show. It's on site, Doctor Oz. <laughs> no. Teach he had people come on his show talking about um, that you can eat whatever you want as long as you burn more calories. So he had people who were saying that they were eating like 2,000, um, 2,500 calories a day and burning 5,000 or uh, 5,500 calories. And my dumb ass, because I, I was in high school, but still, I was so I was like 15, 16 trying to do that, and I almost passed out on a treadmill. Fuck him. Fuck you. For real, for real. Fuck you. Hard F. Oh, Damn, she's fucking up the mic. Hold on, hold on. How do I fix it? I think you just have to. He has to. He has to help me. Okay, okay try it now. Can you hear me? No, you can't. Oh no. I'm taking. Sorry, I'm taking teacher's mic. 
Dr. Oz, fuck you. I'll forever, forever and ever. But that's how serious it was. I got that mad. I was holding the mic and I, I got angry. Dr. Oz is a horrible person. I hope he doesn't win. No, you gotta share. Uh-oh, we got only one mic, y'all. Um, give Teach a second. I'm gonna go. Um, naughty. Oh, so man. that's the end of our things. But we're gonna talk about quitting. <laughs> Let Naughty lead you in this story. Sorry, guys. You know, I didn't know I was going to get so enthused. He, I know he's going to bring up Dr. Oz. That was not, that was not in the Dr. outline. Oz, <laughs> it's on site. Please stay away from Dr. Um, yeah, no, I didn't, that wasn't in the outline. But, um, yeah, so, you know, uh, I want to quit my job. But, you know, I got to have something set up first. Because, one, two, you know, one, two. Oh, I think we're back. Okay. No, no, you could just keep oh, that okay. one. Okay, I'm keeping the mic. Okay. So, um. You know, I'm trying to get a new job, so I've been going on interviews. You know, everything seems to be on the up and up for now. You know, I'm getting the the call, the second interview, second rounds and whatnot. Um, but this interview I went on yesterday, right, it was advertised. So um, on Glassdoor, uh, the companies can hide their names because uh, so that you're, I guess you're, so that they can see that you're applying for the job and not like for, whatever company, like if it's super special or whatever, right? So I applied for this job and it said that it was that you were going to be your um a data researcher so that you were going to like research different social media outlets and how it can best serve the client with to um to sell their product. So I'm like, that sounds cool. I really like social media. I'm I I know these things. That's you know, I'm a young person. I think I could be good at that. So I apply and I get to the interview. Not only do they make us wait like 45 minutes, and you know, my father is a boomer, and he had told me that you know, like people make you like jobs will make you wait so that um to see how badly you want the job or test your patience. Um, actually, fuck that. That's highly unprofessional. Um, uh, <laughs> if 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 time is money, that's a boomer mentality. If time is money, then I. I'm waiting for you 10, 15 minutes, and I got to go. I pay for college classes, and you know what the fucking rule is? You wait five minutes for a professor and 10 for a doctor. So fuck you with this 45 minutes. But I, I had it in my mind, and I had traveled um, uptown, so I was like, I'm going to fucking wait for this. So I'm like, whatever. So I'm sitting there waiting, and I'm like, what's on the ceiling? It's fucking roaches. Not even roaches. It's water, big-ass water bugs. Climbing through the lights, climbing on the ceiling. And I'm like, not a multi-million dollar company, but, you know, I work for the city. So I'm like, you know, there's roaches everywhere. Whatever. I can make more money with this. Like, I'm going to just pull out. Right? So then I go to the bathroom, and there's no soap, just hand sanitizer. We're in a pandemic. We are in a pandemic. But I'm like, all right. So I'm, like, about to put my jacket on, and they, but the guy comes, and he calls us in. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, I guess, and um, whatever. So he, like, there were two other people who came, and I could tell they were there to interview because of how they were dressed. And, um, and you know, these interviews were staggered by a half hour. Thank the Lord that the person who had the 1.30 interview came 45 minutes early. Sis wanted the job, all right? Obviously, more than me. I came five minutes early, all right? Whatever. So... He's like, can I interview you together? And it's like, well, how can I say no after I waited 45 minutes? I'm trying to get this done. And at the same time, like, I feel like you're interviewing people in the middle of the day. So they're probably coming during their lunch to interview. If they're not coming during their lunch, 
you know, they took the day off, so they have a schedule of interviews to do. So I feel like that's an incredible waste of time, and it's very inconsiderate. So fuck the boomer mentality, right? So then um, we go to the interview, and immediately the man is like, oh, you know, I'm vaccinated for everything, so, like, if you're vaccinated, you could take off your mask. I want to be able to see your face because this is a, um, a company where, you know, we work with people, so we got to see your face. And so the people next to me are taking off their fucking mask, right? And I'm like, I have a baby at home. I cannot take my mask off, right? And the man is like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, because he knows he's a fucking asshole. Why would you ask somebody that? And he's like, um, just let me see your face so I can see what you look like. So I show him my face. Mind you, my resume has a picture of me on it. So you know what the fuck I look like. So Wait, you supposed to put pictures you of your face on your no, resume? Oh. You can, you can. Some people say no but if, you're, like, if you're a person of color because. So they know they, I'm a person. <laughs> they're like, oh, my goodness. But, yeah, you know, but whatever. So whatever, right? And I have braids in my picture, not even a weave, all right, or a wig. So um, they know I'm super black, whatever. And so then he starts talking about how it's to sell Obama phones and how Obama phones and Trump phones are the same phones. And, it, and whatever, and how you have to go outside. I'm like, he said, you want, I said, you want me to go outside? This is already not the job for me. And I'm like, when is interview over? Okay, he's talking about how it's all the same thing and about how he doesn't understand why people in New York are racist or they don't like people because of their religion or their color. And I'm like, you're a white, you're a white man, you're a white Latino from Argentina with blonde hair and blue eyes. Allegedly, you are the de- the descendant of a Nazi. Come on now. So just let's let's cut it. Let's cut it, right? Then he goes on to say how he's 46 and he's an old man. And, and I'm like, that's not old. Dick. You're younger than both of my parents. And he goes, oh, well, to me, I'm old because when I want to talk to a 20-year-old and I try to touch her, she gets scared and tries to record me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Huh? I'm like, and then and I'm telling you, the whole interview was like that. We spent like 10 minutes about him trying to talk to younger women. And uh, like in different capacities, I'm like, what the fuck has to this has to do with like the job? Because he explained the Lifeline phones being Obama phones for like five minutes, and then he was talking about how it's a uh, you know, if you're a nice person and you wanna like in and how your hours vary based on how you sell the phones, then that that was another like ten minutes, and the rest of the time was about him talking to women in various capacities and about how he has lived in different places. And I'm like, my guy, this is not it. And I, I already knew. And then he was like, I love you guys for the job to me and the woman because he invited us back to come to come the next day. And I was like, okay, great, thank you. And I was like, I'm not coming back because ain't no way I'm going to shadow somebody outside in the fucking cold in 30-degree weather for free, number one for free, and also not for like six hours. You out of your fucking mind. And anybody who comes to that, you already know you got them because that's stupid. Like, what Like what are we, like, that's not, you're not trained. Like, you got trained, but for free because you came in as a volunteer. Like, no, I don't, I could never. Yeah, it, he also sounds like one of those guys that that's a recruiter that's, like, trying to, like, scout out all the women that he, he can take advantage of. of. Again, yeah, he still. still sounds like a guy who is trying to find that young woman, that young tail who might be interested in him in this way. And also the way 
It's just. And that motherfucker called me Corolla Deville. Because my hair is half red and half black. But it Corolla's is black and white. No. It is. But he, right, he well, made the he made the connection. Well. It's out here when y'all out here interviewing y'all. Just be mindful of those red flags. If they're talking about being older and trying to pick up on younger women, and they might respond to him in a way that's telling you that he's obviously doing things that's making them uncomfortable to where they feel they need to pull out their camera phone. Exactly, and I was like, it the inter- it was just fucking weird. I couldn't. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I and it was like I was in a whole other world, and I was like, this is. I was like, this is not real. I was like, where is the, where is Ashton? Where is Ashton? Punked. He did not come out. I think David Spade is now the new no, uh, prank it person. It might be Chance the Rapper. Who has, oh, for Punked? For Punked, yeah. I mean, they MTV re- still They keep redoing shows. it, yes. I mean, shout out to I, MTV. I was I at an Airbnb in Buffalo, and that's all they fucking had. MTV? That was one of their free channels. Oh, shit. I mean, nice. yeah. That's I mean, th- when you're in Buffalo. Yeah, but you what know. What else you going to do? Exactly. I was like, fucking why? I was like. They really punking the TikToks, TikTokers and the YouTubers now. I said, ain't nobody. I was like, damn, son. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no, that's the new. That's because those are who would watch MTV. Yeah, no, it's also, but also the the pranks are now only like ten minutes. They had Justin Timberlake motherfucking crying oh, yeah. on his doorstep. That Yo, was oh, wait, wait. a great no uh, punk. It was, but they and and they took they they made Sierra think that she was in a car accident. They flipped her fucking car. Yo, they they yep. made Beyonce think that she ruined, ruined Christmas, Christmas for orphans. Yeah. Yo, yeah. it's not the same. Yeah, punked back then. If you don't know, again, YouTube punked punked. You look up the punked Justin Timberlake, where they, they made him feel like he was bankrupt and yeah, no, they had they they pretended they were the IRS and that he they and like they were replaying everything. Yo, but these niggas repossessed his dogs and he was like, "Mommy, mommy, they took their dogs." Yo, he oh wow, it was. I mean, Ooh. I would probably cry too, but like, yeah. damn, that's when you know <laughs> they got you. They got you. So we talked about somebody who basically quit his employment. We talked about Nordy's experience. Because I'm going to fucking quit. Even get a before, job. though, to get the job. But we're going to now look at uh, a situation to what it feels like having certain types of conversations in the, your place of work. And I want to refer us to the real world homecoming which is the reunion seasons of the older real world episodes but the same cast uh, yes it's of the original real world um cast the cast it's as many of them as they, as they can get and the second season now is the los angeles yes season and tammy roman is one of the uh original real worlders who was brought back you may know her from basketball wives it's the same tammy roman she also has bonnet chronicle Yes. So, um, Tammy Roman and her original castmates were around having a conversation about, you know, a lot of different things. One of the castmates, I can't remember his name, was giving, uh, telling the rest of his uh, castmates about how he was with a friend who was called the N-word. And he didn't say the N-word. He didn't say it was called a racial slur. He literally said the word. When Tammy, He's a white person. when Tammy said to him, hey, you shouldn't say that or it shouldn't come out of your mouth, he kept re- re- saying, but they said it. Like um, it made it okay for them to say the word. 
Then he then Glenn. victimized himself by saying, they called me that when they called him that because they called his black friend the N-word, which he actually said. <laughs> he said he felt like he was victimized because because they called him that. They also called me like, that as no well. Glenn. No, Glenn. Tammy was trying to explain. It was just, it, it, there's a point to where you can only be so you can only do so much before you hit a, a, a wall of frustration as a human being to add to that. Before that, there was another cast member who was talking John. about how he had uh, black people living. No, no, no. He said he had black colored people living. In oh, his no, home. I was getting to that. I was oh. getting to that. He said that there was some people who looked up to him and he referred to them as black colored people. That he's a father figure, too. Which then Tammy Roman had to say, I'm sure they don't want to be called black colored people. No, she said, don't call them colored. And he, yeah. and then John replied. They called themselves stuff worse. Worse that I would never call them. And she was like, okay, but they, but you don't have to call them colored. So here's where the kicker comes in. And Tammy Roman has the best reaction. When Naughty and the Teach have our videos, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to try to get this image so you can see it. She's wearing a bonnet. I have to stress this. And I don't know if she had a cigarette in her mouth. Yes, she's holding a cigarette. And another woman who is Irene, who was um, in, when in the original series, they kept calling her a cop. But she is in, a cop. No, or was no, a cop. No, and they they were calling her a cop now. But in the I don't know if this is a big difference, but in the series, she was a deputy sheriff for like for a county cop. in California. Yeah, I don't know if a deputy sheriff though, if it's different than a. They're all officers, but, you know, there's police officers and then there's deputy sheriffs, you know, there's rangers, all that kind of shit. So so she then gets up and proceeds to say, you don't know what it's like to be an N-word. And she says the N-word. She's Latina. She's a white Latina. Tammy responds. You already know how we feel about that. <laughs> you shouldn't say it either. Because <laughs> you were Latina. It's the image. If you please, please. Google this. Uh, it's uh, from Real World Homecoming, Season 2, Episode 6. Um, this is something that we're bringing up because this is the feeling we all have uh, being in a predominantly white space and having these types of conversations. I do want to add, though, that Tammy was not the only black person in the room. There was a black man who sat there pretty idly which seemed like he was pretty, uh, how do I say this? That was compliant th with what was going on. That was David. Um, I, I've watched some of the episodes before, and I watched the, the original, original season. Um, I do think that I, what he, he had comments to say um, like uh, in the confessional, but I do have to say that, like, there might be an uncomfortability for him to say something because some of those people um, that were sitting there had called him, uh, had labeled him a rapist. And it, no, is he, he a rapist? No, he wasn't. Okay, good. He I'm wasn't, glad. Okay, he was, good. He, he wasn't a rapist. Um, you you can say that he may have sexually assaulted Tammy. He didn't he didn't touch her. Like she she's in the original season. She um. She was, I don't know if she was half naked or naked under a blanket, and him and a couple other castmates were playing around with her trying to pull the blanket off, and th at a certain point, it wasn't a game anymore, 
but um, he didn't, at, in the moment, he wasn't picking up on that cue. So I don't know if that's considered sexual assault or not, but they had said that he was a rapist, and they kept saying it and kept saying it. So it changed the trajectory of his life, you know. So he may not be the same thing. But in the situation like that, does that make it seem so? The no, reason why I bring that up is I'm just important. saying that he might not feel comfortable being vocal around those people. Because he, because well, I, I he does have a conversation with her afterwards where she kind of has to tell her that his mentality is, is, yeah. is not on point. But from what, from what we saw in the episode, he made one comment, but all of his additional comments happened in the confessional. So yeah. what I'm saying is from what, what we see, he might not be able But here's why I'm bringing that up. Because him not adding anything to the conversation left Tammy to do it on her own. And this is just another example, and I'm going to say something that's controversial. Mostly the black men, but black women know this is true. We let the si- he let the sister do all the work, as per usual. And no, and I com- I completely agree with that. But I but with these with that group, I do think that there's it's a it's a nuanced situation at least for him, you know, because when they the first episode, the very first episode, they talked about that blanket incident and. He, it seems like he really did not understand where he went wrong. And Tammy held the, even though there were other people there that could, like, that as women could have helped that conversation, again, Tammy held up, did all the work. So I agree with you. I definitely hear you, but I think that we are allowing these little subtle possibilities when we look at just the facts. He didn't say anything. No, yeah. And, and in even a conversation what he did that say, he could have added to. And but even to take it even further back, why is she or him or anybody left trying to teach people why what they why they can't say certain words when she said that it bothers me and offends me? You shouldn't say that when they could just easily Google that shit. And and in that conversation, they were saying that they knew better. So like, if you know better, then do better. And I also like like you're saying, like she didn't have to. She didn't have to be the have to hold the brunt of that conversation there were in at least you see beth a like also explaining and it's like she like she could have said like she like what she said in the confessional she could have said in the conversation and that would have helped the conversation so much more in the confessional she said it's our job to follow the lead of these people and to listen and you know and to take and to follow their lead she could have said that in the conversation and that could have helped the conversation because i really feel like glenn was not listening to tammy at all, because she kept repeating herself saying the same thing. Yeah. And then when David, the other black person, added, I'm like, you're not even talking about black people. You're talking about something completely different. So you're not helping the conversation at all, which is why Tammy has to say, like, that's not what it is. And, you know. Um, so this particular incident with Tammy trying to explain something to people who claim that they know better and still having to have the same conversation of why they should do something is how a lot of people, black people, feel in their workspaces around conversations, especially in when there's another culture, mostly white culture, involved. I also want to point out that I'm sure that there are other people of color who might feel this, who might be listening, like, yeah, I understand that. Because when it comes down to talking about issues or things of people with people of color, racism, racist thinking, mischaracterization, stereotype, comes down to uh, people of color having to explain to people who claim that they know better 
why they shouldn't do something or continue to perpetuate something that they know better. So having to try conversations around these can be very, very exhausting. On top of whatever job you have or on top of whatever difficulty you may have with whomever you might have it in your space of work, you have to add this extra layer of shit that you have to go to work to and then go home from. Like at my last at my last job, um, we had a a mix. There was a there was like a good portion of like black and like Latin kids, and but in a majority majority white space in Chelsea, and so as a as a team as a whole group, we read uh white fragility, and when I tell you, <laughs> dumb dumb white people had a separate meeting to the <laughs> to the principal and was like, we didn't like that book. It made us feel bad. What's the title? What's the title? Again, did you read the book? Did you read did you read closely? Like when you, we when even when we look at it on a, a national scale, CRT, critical race theory, is being judged and being told that it's bad because it's making people who are white feel differently or feel guilty or feel bad about themselves. And that's what you have to understand. I and if you're in America How does the sound go? We do not care. If you're in America, you have to understand that the white feelings is typically the feelings that get action done. Uh, People of color, for the most part, and some more than others, have been saying these things that bother them, that makes them uncomfortable, that makes them unhappy, that literally holds them down. Systems that oppress people, but nothing changes. But when we talk about white feelings... It's like that stops everything from from making progress. Critical race theory can't go because it's the possibility that they can make white children feel bad about the history of this country. And that is when you you just take that small, this small conversation that happened between seven strangers or former strangers in a situation and, and apply it to the world, the country what it feels like to be people of color in a workspace that's predominantly not people of color, that is a prime example of what it feels like. And the frustrations, if you see how frustrated she gets, the fact that she tells one person, no, you shouldn't do this, and then the the next next person person does it, and then another person does it afterwards because they're trying to help the situation. No, you're not helping. literally... That is a prime example of what it looks but like. But even like on a on a simpler sense, like sorry. And on a simpler sense, like recognizes like, like matches with like. So even in, in that own concept, if you are other in a in a world of like, it makes you extremely uncomfortable. You already know that you're different and then everybody around you like looks looks almost the same, you know, or looks the same. So like it, we all know what it likes to, to be. We all know what it feels like, feels like to be odd man out. But when it's something that is like race or gender or the combination, you know, something that you cannot change, something that is just a, who you are to your core, it walking through the world can be uncomfortable, especially when you have to do certain things like go to work. You know, you can't not go. Yeah. So that is us looking at the workplace, the workplace. In many different ways. We looked at Antonio Brown and how he possibly acted, not as a good person, 
but in his workplace. We look. We talked about how Aaron Rodgers gets a pass in his workplace. We talked about Nordy's experience of before she even got to the. And workplace. I'm telling you, if if um if that's if that CEO whatever I don't know if that's actually he said that's what he said he was if he was black somebody would have been reporting him because that was that was very uncomfortable. I didn't like. And inappropriate, yes, very, very much. Like I feel like bad business. Him, him saying, talking about sexual harassment and about him approaching women in itself is sexual harassment to the people, in men or women or non-binary sitting across, sitting across from him. Why are you telling me that? What does that have to do with the position? Nothing. And in a pandemic, to at, even to ask people to take off their mask is, I feel like a a danger in itself. Like it, you don't know what kind of shit is flowing through the office. Yeah, and it's it's just crazy out here, man. It, everything he done on many, many levels is inappropriate. But uh, let's start to wrap this up. This was supposed to be a short episode. But as you can see, we are your fucking favorite black hotties who love to talk shit, so we gave you a pretty much regular episode. And we definitely talked that shit. So we're going to go into uh, a segment that mm. I love. It's his favorite. It is my favorite section. It is... Naughty and the Teach recommends. Recommends. Oh, that yeah. was nice. Ooh, that was nice. That was actually. I, I, that vo- I'm glad I paused for that vocal stylings of Naughty. Um, so Naughty, would you like to start us off this week? What is your recommendation for all of our listeners? So, you know, Teach rec- or the Teach recommended. Uh, teach is fine if you're just you referring know. to me. Okay. But teach. my proper name is the Teach. Uh, I'm so sorry. No disrespect, but um, Teach recommended, you know, um, various diehards. He recommended the first diehard to me last Christmas, so I had already watched it. So I was trying to watch the second diehard, and I was like, skip over nah, that. I was like, skip it's not even going to happen. Skip over so um, I started watching Jingle Jangle on Netflix with Forrest Whitaker. Um, it introduces uh, Madeline Mills. Um, Felicia, it has Felicia Rashad in it, and um, Key, what's his first name? From the Key and Peel. Oh, Keenan Michael. Peel. Yeah, I, I think know. it's him. The the skinny one with the bald head. It's him. Um, I'll look it up. It's not. No, it's Jordan Peel, and it's the other one. I know it's Keenan Michael something. I'm gonna look it up right now. Okay, <laughs> sorry, but um, it's it's really really good. It's um a black Christmas movie, and it's so. It, and it's about like toy makers, and I loved um, Keegan Michael Key. There, you, wow. But um, it's about it's about toy makers, and it's about like you know, uh, family reuniting. So it's a very very lovely story. Um, the music from it is dope. The costumes are dope. If you've ever seen like Wicked, how amazing those costumes are. The costumes in uh, Jingle Jingle are comparable. Also, Forrest Whitaker sings. I didn't even know he could do that. So he's in Star Wars. He's a singer. He's everything. Um, and my second recommendation is Encanto, which is on Disney+. Plus. Um, it's a story about, Mar- about the Magical family, and it focuses on Mirabelle Mag- uh, Magical and her journey to uh, learn about her family's magic and to, um, and to save them from themselves. And it's a very, very beautiful story. Um, you may have seen things about it um, online because a lot of Latine people have been really connecting to it, not only because of uh, the diversity in um, 
how the family looks, which is actually representative of um, Lat like Latin people themselves. So Lin Manuel, if you ever hear this, great job, uh, because you know you kind of fucked up within the Heights. Uh, so you know you fucked up. <laughs> so it's a really really good mo uh, movie, and um, I a lot of people are connecting to the song, and once you hear it, you will have to talk about Bruno. No no you'll get that if you once you listen to it. So definitely check that out. Um, for the teach, Minds is a book. Because he reads. Somewhere distantly, I heard somebody boo. <laughs> <laughs> boo. It's just got him and his goddamn books. There's um, Audible. Yeah, which, there's definitely Audible. Check out Audible, too. After you listen to this episode, go download this book. Oh, also, after you listen to the episode, uh, download us on Audible. We're on Audible, too. Yeah, well, they should be hearing us in the same thing. Um, My recommendation is a book called The Body Keeps the Score, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma. And it's by Bessel van der Kolk, MD. Um, it is a great book. Um, I wanted to end 2021 really thinking about myself, understanding, you know, what I could do to get into 2022 as the best version of myself as possible. So I wanted to try to understand as much. I told you about the Faith G. Harper books where I was reading about unfucking your brain and, you, you know, understanding yourself in many ways. And this is part of the kick that I ended 2022. I'm sorry. I ended 2021 in in order to really think about where I am. But this definitely looks at trauma on many different levels. It gives you a whole different perspective of not only trauma, what it looks like, how to identify it, but also to see how trauma affects not just, you know, what we might see, but also how it really how you carry it within your body how it helps to possibly break down aspects of your body and different ways in order that you just wouldn't look and understand how trauma might affect us as on a, in our everyday and our long term and really the effects that it leaves on us. So definitely check out The Body Keeps the Score, Brain, Mind, and, Brain, Mind, and Body, and the Healing of Trauma. It has a very beautiful cover. Yes, it's, it's definitely a black person. I mean, it is a black person. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of Maya Darren, if you've ever seen her work. Yes. So we are going to wrap up this short. It's not a short. This is an episode. Is We're going to call it what episode. it is. Um, thank you for um, continuing to listen to us again, as per usual. We're comments. Naughty and the Teach. Um, at Naughty and the Teach on Instagram. At Naughty Flower. At, yes, at Naughty Flower. <laughs> And What's at yours? the Teach NYC. There you go. Um, please hit us up. Let us know what you think. Whether it's a simple comment, a hey, what's up, will help to initiate the conversation. Please really let us know what you think, how you're doing. You have any ideas of things you want to hear us talk shit about? We'll listen to your suggestion. Doesn't mean we're going to do it, but we we'll might definitely talk listen shit about to it. your. <laughs> <laughs> but they suggested that we're talking shit about it because yeah. what the fuck is this yeah so definitely hit us that? up we are growing we are appreciating all of you shout outs to all of our european um listeners shout outs to all of our american listeners shout outs to anybody wherever you are listen to us if you can and this is the challenge we want to leave you with send us a dm tell us exactly where you are where you're from and let us know where and how you found us and what you think we would really appreciate it, and we'll respond. I promise. Yes, we will respond. We are looking forward to hearing you. 
In the meantime, uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Have a good one, y'all. Be safe. Remember, it's a pandemic out here, so wear your mask, get vaccinated. Omicron or Omarion is for real. Please make sure you stay safe.